special episode for Little Monsters and Katie Cats or whatever iteration of Katy Perry fan moniker that she is going by at this point in time of her career, which seems to be dwindling. Oh, that was shady. I love Katie. I love Gaga. I love them both. Welcome back to the choir room. We are here to talk about season five, episode four, a Katie or a Gaga. I am one of your hosts, a mine, but of course I am not alone i've got matt here with me as well and how are you today i am of course doing well how could i not be anytime that we're in here talking about glee um we are you know getting into some parts of season five we just got past uh the quarterback which uh, of course is its own journey of an episode but now we're into some really hit or miss episodes of the show, or I guess that era of the show where it could really go either way. And I know that this episode in particular is one that I was very excited to get to. Um, I believe it delivered in the excitement that I was hoping for from it. So I'm excited to get to it. Um, But I don't want to get too far into the episode without pulling something up that I don't think... If, if I have my math correct, I think we glossed right over, I think the last episode was our 100th episode of this podcast. Oh, shit. I think. Really? I'm pretty sure it was. The iTunes feed currently has us at, uh, so today, this current day and time, in case anybody likes to track this kind of thing, uh, we just released the back half of season four today, so it is August 7th, and on my feed, it says that we have 100 episodes up. But if you go back a little bit, there was something going on with the feed where there's no episodes 73 and 74, so it just goes 72 to 75. So we actually have 98 episodes recorded. So that would mean that season five, episode one and two are episodes. Oh, wait. So yeah, episode two would have been 100, not the last one. Uh, So Tina in the Sky with Diamonds would have been, I think, our 100th recording, which is insane. Um, And I'm sorry that we missed it at the time, but I wanted to say it now. Well, damn. I mean, we can always go back and record a little something, something to insert at the beginning of the episode. But wow. All right. Well, this is what this is. One oh two. Then this is yes. That number? Yes. That I would that would I believe technically make this one oh two. I mean, that, of course, counts uh, the, the bonus episodes and the, uh, you know, the, the real weird sisters episode. So all in all on our feed, uh, this is now the hundred and second episode. So. Congrats to us. Yay. Well, <laughs> happy 100 to us. Um, that's really exciting. I don't think I've ever done a podcast uh, that's consisted of 100 episodes. I've certainly recorded podcasts for a lo- over a longer period of time, but none of them have ever reached 100, ep- 100 episodes. So that's a personal achievement for, for me. I don't know about you. Certainly, certainly no, nothing else has uh, come close to 100. I've been on Big Brother recaps and then challenge recaps, but there's no way those are, you know, anywhere near close to having tallied 100. Uh, this, you know, we've been going for how many days now? It's been uh, a very big majority of 2020. So maybe I'm more surprised that it's only 100 episodes. Yeah, I mean, that means that at this point, we're probably going to reach 
around 150, I would say. We'll keep Maybe. going forever and ever. We'll hit 500. Yeah, and then we'll uh, we'll record our own rendition of Shout and release it on iTunes and exactly make it big. The cover of the Glee cover. Mm-hmm. But in any case, yeah, that's really exciting. I'm happy for us. But we're going to keep trekking forward and move right on past that landmark and talk about this landmark episode. Um, this is a tribute episode to two artists. I like this episode. I'm a big fan. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Gaga fan. Lady Gaga, outside of Beyonce, is my favorite musical artist. Um, she's probably the person that got me the most interested in pop music as a kid. And I'm also a Katy Perry fan as well. And once again, Glee is capitalizing off of pop culture, as it usually does, because this came out in the year 2013, where there was, you know, this alleged war that was brewing between Katy Perry and Lady Gaga. But more likely, it was between uh, Little Monsters and Katy Cats, because Prism and art pop were coming out around the same time. And so they were like, which uh, pop goddess is going to be able to rule the charts over the other? Um, and also Lady Gaga was one of like a really tumultuous time in her her like career. So like a bunch of stuff was just happening with her. So of course, Glee is gonna have their own commentary on it. And this was what uh, birthed from that commentary. Yes, it is. Uh, the, the Gaga and the Katy Perry feud at that time was just, you know, as much of a feud as it was or whatever, I think at least I can you know speak for myself and say as much as I was, you know, going to be put, I'll put myself on Team Gaga because she was my ride or die, you know, from all the way back whenever fame and fame monster started like I was with her. I still was on board with a lot of what Katy Perry was doing at the time. I was still able to appreciate both, which really does seem to be the message of this episode that, you know, they both push themselves to be better by having that feud, which, you know, they are by no means uh, the first artists to have a feud of that type. And uh, Sue's going to mention a couple in this episode as well. So, yeah, uh, any kind of feud like that, whether it's a feud or, you know, in quotations, a feud, uh, it's, it's fun at the time for fans to, you know, have a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a good time back and forth with it, as long as it doesn't get too carried away, which I'm sure it has uh, and sure will continue to in the future. But I, it's fun. And both artists put out a lot of good music at the time. Prism and Art Pop were both pretty good albums. I don't think it's either of their best albums by any means, but there was a lot of a lot of stuff to like on both of those albums. So 2013 was uh, such a time and I would uh, give anything to uh, relive it in one way or another. Maybe not go back, but relive it somehow it was so annoying i thought it th- i thought that the whole i thought it was just a bunch of media fabrication that of that unfortunately the both of them sort of fell into because of the fact that i feel like these albums were both such pivotal moments for their careers because they were on the heels of great successes right i mean lady gaga the last thing that she had released was born this way which did very well um and she unfortunately had to end her tour because she tore a ligament in her hip. Um, And so, you know, she was out of the public eye for, for a bit after, you know, pretty much being a nonstop workhorse since just dance. And so she had a lot to prove with this album. And in the same case with Katy Perry, teenage dream is such a juggernaut. And it's still, in my opinion, the best pop album of the 2010s. And then how do you follow that up? How do you follow up such a huge success 
in Teenage Dream with, with, like, what do you do? So I feel like both of them were just, you know, they had a lot to prove. And I think the media capitalized on that and pounced on that and made this big feud where there really shouldn't have been one. Because you're right, they were both really good albums. I enjoy both of them a lot. And I return to them quite a bit. So, but, you know, I guess we have to ask the question right right off the bat because that's what Mr. Shu and the kids are going to talk about at the top of the episode. Katie or Gaga, what say you, Matt? Which one are you? Well, I think it's uh, pretty obvious what I was just saying. You know, I am uh, fully a Gaga, so I would have absolutely been participating in the Katie of it all this week uh, as as a member of Team Gaga. And I feel like you're the same, so you and I would have been on the same end of this assignment. Am I right? No. I am a big Gaga fan. I, I think that I am. Uh, I love everything that she does. I don't know that I am a Lady Gaga. I think that I might be a little bit more on the Katy Perry side of things. I feel like I'm a bit more of a... Because like, as much as I am like sort of like out there, I'm also the guy that loves Disney and loves all the sweet romantic things. So I feel like I am a little bit more of a Katy that loves Gaga, you know what I mean? Um, so I probably would have been, which which would be great for me because I would have loved to have been able to perform a Gaga song. So yeah, I probably, I definitely think I would have been been on Team Katie this episode. So interesting. Well, you so you're saying you would have been a Katie that performed a Gaga number? Yeah, I think I would have been grouped in with the Katies because of my personality, That in which means, yes, I would have been performing a Gaga song. See, that's, I guess that's where uh, this gets a little messy or confusing because... I guess like you could see it from that perspective of like these people and how their personalities were. But I, I thought that it was like them picking the artist that they like the most and like, yeah, I'm a Gaga because I'm a Gaga fan. I'm a Gaga stan from day one. So I'm a Gaga. But my personality might not be a Gaga. It might be more of a Katie. I don't really know. I just figured I was a Gaga. Um, I think it's like a little bit of a mix of well we'll talk about it because we'll just the, the episode's gonna start off Mr. Shu's gonna walk in um, and he's gonna let them know about some of the competition that they have um, the Rust Belts from Pittsburgh some other random show choir but the one that really gets them going is Throat Explosion now that Vocal Adrenaline has pretty much been neutralized and the same thing goes with uh, <laughs> the Warblers and any other usual rival glee clip that they have the new up and coming show choir show choir that the underground has been buzzing about is the explosion they live their art they don't even go to sleep all they do is go to rehearsals they don't go to class either they're just they live and breathe their art and they're just edgy and they sort of are like lady gaga right and so uh this comparison between lady gaga and Katy perry sort of emerges between the two of them and so Mr. Shu is going to uh, ask people, you know, which one do you describe yourself more as? Do you think that you're a Katie or do you think that you're a Gaga? And I think I should have. This was dumb. I did not write down the list of who. I believe it was. Uh, so the people that qualify themselves as Gagas are Tina, of course, Unique, Kitty, and Jake. And then everyone else uh, qualified themselves as a Katie. So that's Blaine, Sam, Artie. I was kind of, I was, I, I didn't really know much about Ryder, but I guess Ryder kind of makes sense. And is that it? Marley. And Marley, of course, Marley. So uh, Mr. Shu says, look, I think that's going to be the assignment in order for us to sort of like really embrace our own art and embrace our own like inner starving artist. I think that the Gagas should sing Katie songs and the Katies should sing 
a Gaga song. So Katie versus Gaga is the theme of the week. So yeah, I kind of I kind of took it as like because when he when he classified the Katies as like, you know, sweet all American boy or girl types, I thought it had more to do with personality than it did with like who they necessarily listened to more. Because I feel like they all listened to both of them. Yeah, like I said, I always took it as uh, which which artist, bo- uh, you know, all the kids were into more. So it was like, yeah, I'm a Gaga, so I am uh, going to be, uh, uh, I guess, doing the Katie assignment this week. But whatever. Point being that uh, I'll tell you the only reason that this group was split in the exact way that it was uh, from my perspective has always been that like I because I, I used to sit there and I was like, well, are you sure that Blaine is a Katie? Like, are you sure that this person is that whatever? Like, this doesn't make sense. But I was like, you know what? Literally, the only reason that they were split this way is because Sam needed to be in the Gaga performance for the storyline. And then those four people that were on the Katie number were going to always be the only four that were on that number because of how well that number worked and how they specifically arranged that song for those four voices. And we'll get to that performance when we get to it. But that's to me, the only reason why it was just like, let we're putting these specific four people as a Katie and everybody else is going to be a Gaga because we can just, you know, throw you in there and uh, mix you in with the applause performance. It just could have gone really either way. Like Ryder does not fit in with honestly, either group. That's why he was saying, is there a third option? Uh, So it really, you know, it was just, let's get these amazing voices together on this song. And I, I'm, you know, getting ahead of myself and praising it. Well, I mean, I certainly can see what you're saying, but like, as far as Blaine goes, I think he's totally a Katy Perry. I mean, his perform, he sings "Teenage Dream." Like, "Teenage Dream" is like the song that he loves to sing to Kurt. Like, he's like, he's not really. He definitely is like your all-American boy. Like, he doesn't really have a lot of edge. You know what I mean? Like, he's not. I mean, the, the craziest thing that we've seen him do is cheat on Kurt. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's. I don't really, I wouldn't qualify him as a Gaga either. And the same goes for Sam. Artie, Artie's debatable. Ryder certainly is, like you just said, can kind of follow any particular place. And of course, Marley is a fucking Katie. Like, come on. So I I thought that that was kind of spot on, at least for both Sam and and Blaine, for the blam of it all. But they do sound great on applause too, so. Over in NYC, Kurt is late to work, um, but he is... Now, like we found out in the last episode, he is now working at the Spotlight Diner along with Danny and Santana and Rachel. And he tells them that he's just excited to be able to get some hours in because now he wants to be able to start his own cover band and he needs the seed money to do so because he got kicked out of Adam's Apples, which we didn't even know that he technically joined um, ever uh, ever since Adam found out that he was engaged, which is like kind of like fucking petty. Like, I mean, I get it, but like, damn. <laughs> so Danny asks, oh my goodness, you're starting a band? Like what kind of band? Are girls going to be allowed? And Kurt uh, admits that at first he wasn't really sure. He was thinking about doing a Madonna cover band. So he thinks that at this point, yeah, it would be a good idea if girls could join. And he was actually going to ask if the two of them would be interested in joining or if the three of them actually. Danny's obviously in. She would love to do that. This is like, obviously, she's into music. Uh, Santana says that she'll join, but only if they are also allowed to choose who else is allowed to join. Like, this is not going to be a democracy or uh, uh, like a, a dictatorship. 
Kurt asks Rachel as well, but Rachel says, I don't know if it's time right now. It might be a little bit too soon. And Kurt says, Finn would not want you to, you know, put your life on hold mourning over him. Like, come on, you got to get yourself out there again. And Rachel says, you know what? Like, I, I understand. And thank you, Kurt. But honestly, I think I should just be focusing on Funny Girl, which I totally agree. Like, no, fuck that. You don't need to be fucking joining a band. Like, you were about to be on Broadway. Focus on that. So the band is... uh in full effect almost they're on the lookout for some new members yeah i'm pretty uh impressed that uh kurt was in adam's apples this long it seemed like uh he was shamed out of that pretty early on but he stuck by it for a while and yeah we uh we're we're just kind of moving on here it's they they made the decision again to of course keep Finn his name involved in the rest of the season and the series where people are still going to talk about him but we're really not you know going to sit in the mourning phase for too long here with any of the characters uh, Rachel or Kurt or anybody you know that's anybody that's still relevant to the main plot line uh, we we kind of just have to start moving forward if every episode was sitting around being sad I don't know that you know they would have been able to produce a TV show that was as you know fun can't be whatever is Glee. It would have just gotten a little bit, you know, this isn't a like a soap opera or anything like that where, you know, characters can be in their feelings for a couple of episodes and genuinely just be focused in focused in on that because at the end of the day, everybody has to get up and sing every once in a while. So that's, you know, no surprise that they just kind of start, uh, you know, keep moving on with all of these characters that were just in Ohio, you know, obviously with some tough times on their hands. But yeah, so we're, we're starting up a band. Uh, I'm excited for this new phase of uh, the New York City crew. This is when it really starts to get fun. Season four was fun as everybody got there and was getting together and kind of growing to be this new trio that they were growing to be. But now they're even going past that and expanding. And now, you know, Danny's in the group and let's put it all together and, and create a band. And why the hell not? I, uh, I'm i excited for this. Yeah, me too. Um, it really is starting to feel like a different kind of show. I feel like it's yeah, like they 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 moved to NYC in season season four, but in a lot of ways, it still sort of felt like a little tentative. But now they really, you know, sank into their roles here, and it's it feels it feels a little bit more natural. So I agree. Uh, Nurse Penny is gonna walk up to uh, Sam over at McKinley. He notices the tattoo that she has. She says, "Oh no, it's fake." But I just like to get you know a few fake tats before I go to a Skrillex concert. Last time I was at this concert, he spit in a cup and threw it at me. Sam was like gross he didn't realize that uh nurse penny was like into skrillex which is he's considering hardcore which i'm like i don't know if i would consider skrillex hardcore i feel like skrillex is just a dubstep artist and i don't mm-hmm. necessarily know if dubstep is hardcore uh but that's fine um he opens his locker and then nurse penny is going to see a poster of a true jackson vp He's like, she's like, who is that? And Sam goes into this whole thing about like what True Jackson VP is and like it's the greatest show ever and Kiki Palmer is the best. Like it's just just an amazing show. Nurse Penny did not take him for one that would enjoy something like that because like, weren't you a stripper? And he's like, well, we prefer the term erotic entertainer, but he's going to ask her out and she says, no, I can't. My ex is actually taking me to a Nine Inch Nails concert this weekend. We're totally just friends. We're not, like, getting back together or anything. But he, he bought the tickets when we were together, and he really wants me to go. So I said that I would. But you know what? Look, I, I will call you. So Nurse Penny has not taken Sam for the True of Jackson VP type. Sam has not taken Penny for the Skrillex type. 
So now he's going to ask Blaine, like, look, I need your help. I'm afraid that she thinks that I'm a little bit too fluffy because I like True Jackson VP, um, which Blaine is surprised he's even still on the air. But he's like, look, like, I need something to uh, show her that I am more than that. Like, I play football. Like, I, I like to go fishing. Like, I, I can be, I can be, you know, a little bit more uh, hardcore for her, a little bit more edgy. And Blaine's like, you know what? Okay, I have an idea. You know what? It's your turn to, it's like you and, it's our, we're going to have to perform a Gaga number, right? Like, so how about we invite her and the rest of the school and we put on, like, the most ragey performance ever and then she's totally going to uh, fall for you and you're going to get the girl of your dreams. Have you ever thought about what you would do if you landed your dream job as a big shot of a major company and you were only 15? I mean, how would you decorate your office? Who would you hire? True Jackson gets the chance of a lifetime when she's hired by her idol and made VP of his fashion empire, and then every week she has to navigate this scary new world because True Jackson's gone from the homeroom to the boardroom. One of the most iconic lines in all of Glee. I love Sam and his True Jackson VP standship. Uh, Kiki Palmer making her way onto the show in one way or another. Gotta love it. Uh, this is like maybe number, maybe definitely top five, maybe like number one thing that I love the most about Sam's character in his uh, career as a Glee McKinley student. Uh, it's this is this is one of the best uh, things that they did. I don't know why they chose now to work in uh, some Nickelodeon ties out of absolutely nowhere. You know, we make references to Broadway this and artists that and all this kind of stuff, and then all of a sudden they hit us with a True Jackson VP, and I just. Did did not know how to react at the time, but ever since then, it has been just a, a constant joy to rewatch this scene and see what how big of a true Jackson VP this man was, that he had a poster in his locker, and just the passion that he displays in his voice when he exp explains how amazing this was for True Jackson. She was only 15, and she was hired by a major fashion company to just... Be the person like what? Insane. It's it, it truly is an incredible story uh, for True Jackson VP. And I'm glad that Sam is out here, you know, defending her and uh, making sure that everybody knows what's up with True. I've never watched True Jackson VP, but I'm a big Kiki Palmer fan. So that's always been like a small regret of mine. <sighs> I really I, this just this just made me um what I wasn't I wasn't like really into Nickelodeon sitcoms except for like Drake and Josh. <sighs> um, I was more like, you know. Okay, well, that is a major loss on your end. Uh, you can shame me all you I'm want sure for not watching is. movies and for not watching this play and that play and musical, blah, blah, blah. But you missed out on True Jackson VP, and that's the real loss here. Okay, I mean, if you say so. But um, I, I this this scene just made me realize just how, what, a, what a robbery it was that Kiki Palmer was never never in Glee. Like, I just feel like that was such a missed opportunity. Because you know can Ryan tell. Murphy is a fan. Yeah, you can tell that Ryan is, uh, he's got his eye on her at one point or another, considering she will, of course, make her way onto Scream Queens in a, uh, a couple years down the line. So uh, Ryan Murphy was definitely like, oh, this is somebody that I, uh, I will be pulling in one day. And uh, she got her start here in Sam's Locker. Yeah, I think Kiki Palmer's also about to get a talk show, too. So the girl is, the girl is working. I mean, they canceled her show on ABC and then with Sarah and Michael Strahan, and now she is about to get her own shit as she should, as she deserves. She's like one of the most charismatic millennial celebrities that I think I've ever seen. And I'm just, I'm excited for her. I but love Kiki Palmer. I, yeah, I love her too. I love her too. Artie 
is going to be walking with Kitty. They're talking about the assignment. Kitty is convinced that uh, Mr. Shu just came up with this, like, off the cuff. Like, he just thinks of lessons, you know, out of the blue, which he really just did because he wasn't going to do it until <laughs> the kids started talking about Kitty versus Gaga. Uh, but Artie's like, speaking of that, are you sure that you're – are you still sure that you're okay with dating someone that's so different than you are? You know, not – of course, you know, she's a Gaga and he's a Katie, but he's not talking about that. He's talking about the fact that he's in a wheelchair uh, Kitty is going to reassure him by uh, by kissing him, which is going to be ruined by Becky because she's who's you know she's back. Becky's suspension is over. She is back to run a muck in the McKinley halls, and she's like, "Ew, I already had Artie first. Good luck with my sloppy seconds, biatch." And uh, Artie is going to assure Kitty, "I did not have sex with Becky." <laughs> Yay, Becky's back. Becky's back from her suspension, which again, very questionable as back. if she should be allowed back in the school at all, or especially now. But yeah, the Becretary, uh, we knew she was coming back sooner or later, and uh, she is back and better than ever here in uh, season five. So I'm uh, I'm so excited for her return. And as uh, Kitty, Kitty interacting with all the other Cheerios has been quite a joy lately, because first of all, we have Brie in one corner where, you know, Kitty thought she was, you know, all that but then as she's kind of you know brought herself down to be with the glee club and brie has risen to the top uh she's been uh, those interactions have been fun and now becky as well it's like how like all the not a single cheerio has ever known exactly how to react to uh becky and her insanity so uh i'm i, I just i love any of these little quick interactions it's it's so fun yeah me too <laughs> uh back in nyc and what i believe to be Cassandra July's room, which I guess is just like the Niata room nowadays. It's the only room that Niata has. Kurt and Santana and Danny are waiting for someone to come in audition for their cover band, but no one's come in thus far. Uh, Santana says it's because you wouldn't let let me name the band. Kurt's like, we're not naming the band The Apocalypse Sticks. Uh, Danny's, or Santana's like, did anybody sign up at least? He said, yeah, one person with this really strange name. Like, who the, he- who the hell names themselves Starchild? And who should walk in while they're being shaded but Starchild? And who is Starchild being played by, Matt? Um, I don't know. Who is this? Are you being serious? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Adam Lambert, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm big, uh, big Adam Lambert fan. He was robbed at the time. I think I was rooting against him winning that season. But um, in the long run, I should not have been. But in the long run, did he even lose? No, that guy won. He is uh, an American Idol legend that has uh, taken over a lot of other projects since then, including this role here on Glee that, again, I'm excited to get to. This new grouping in uh, in season five, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And this performance especially to get us started as uh, he's going to come in here and absolutely kill it on a Gaga number, Marry the Night, and it's so freaking good. Uh, every performance in this episode is really good, but of course, this is Adam Lambert. This isn't just some regular old guest star like you know somebody else that like you know i'm thinking like brody last season who comes in dean guyer has a good voice and you know he's good to have around but this is adam lambert like come on yeah so uh kurt doesn't seem impressed from jump uh because when he walks in you know danny and Santana like you know compliment him on you know his his look um but kurt's gonna say this is a little project runway season six i don't watch project runway but i have to imagine maybe season six was a bad season or just a really really early season meaning that the fashion is out of date i don't know uh point being that he just is not really 
fuck with the guy. And even after after this really epic performance that Matt just described, Kurt is still remaining nonplussed because he's going to say, you know what, I just don't know if you are right for this. I think that your aesthetic is striking, Star Child, but you might be a little bit outrer for this band. Both Danny and Santana are aghast because clearly this guy is talented, no matter what the fuck he's wearing. He just murdered this song, like spinning from a chandelier on the ceiling, all of the uh, vocal embellishments that I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, good for you, Adam. Like, this was this was really good. I would never say replacement level because I don't think anybody can really replace the Stephanie Angelina uh, Joanne Germanata. I think I've mixed up some of those names, but y'all get what I'm trying to say. Lady Gaga is that bitch. But uh, this performance in Mary the Night is really, really good, but I guess just not good enough to impress Kurt for whatever reason. Yeah, it's Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata, but close enough. Um, I I cannot... I cannot say enough good things as well about this performance. Um, He absolutely kills it. It's just... You know, if you're talking about male voices on this show, we've we have talked a lot about, you know, uh, some of the best and whatever. But like as much as this is not a, you know, Glee character, like he's not a you know, this is a guest star or whatever. Like this isn't like a, you know, permanent character Uh, still. Like if you're going to rank them all of every male uh, male vocal performance that we've had up to this point in Glee, Adam Lambert rises to the top. Like he becomes the number one male vocalist on the show. Um, And I'm not going to, you know, actually count him as that considering again he's just a guest star but uh by far like over anybody else that has uh sang on the show he just absolutely takes it takes the spot there uh this performance is just so good again it's it's uh santana is like staring at him just completely in awe the chandelier thing is so funny i'm like how do you know that's not gonna fall okay sure uh but he, he doesn't care he's going for it and you know he's got this look going which is obviously catching everybody's attention uh whether it's in a negative way or a positive way i think for the audience we were definitely taking it uh to be like really like who is this guy so mysterious and exciting and new and fresh uh but of course, Kurt is uh, really not up for it. So he's uh, he's yeah, he's not he's not going to be too excited about it himself. Yeah. Uh, really surprising response from Kurt because seems a little jealous, seems a little uh, just a little bit or a lot of it. Tastes a little sour grape, just a little bit. Just a little bit. But, like, he's also, Kurt is used to being, you know, not the top performer of a group. I mean, he spent how many years in regionals and sectionals and nationals performances being kind of blended into the background? It is, but, you know, if he wants it to be successful, I I would hope that he knows that, you know, there are other voices that always can, you know, come to... uh, to help out make the band as good as it can be. But no, obviously he's making it that he wants to be, I guess, the star of the band and fine, you can do that. But if you're going to pass up star child, that's on you. Well, like one of my favorite poems says, do not compare yourself to others because you will become vain or bitter for always. There will be greater and lesser individuals than yourself. So Kurt should really read some Desiderata because he is bugging right now. But I digress. Over at McKinley, Brie, telephone music video Brie, is going to prance into Sue Sylvester's office. Becky Jackson has never seen anything like this in her life because her jaw is scraping the carpet. You wanted to see me, uh, Principal Sylvester? Yes, would you like to explain to me why you're dressed like Lady Gaga? Would you care to explain to me why you're dressed like Lady Gaga? 
I don't know what you're talking about. If you're referencing my face mask uh, or face cage, I'll have you know that tomorrow I'm doing for a routine colonoscopy and this apparatus helps me to avoid eating solid foods. Okay, well, the Glee Club you specifically asked me to try to spy on or mess with is doing a Katy Perry Lady Gaga week in an attempt to get 100% of America to not like them. Anyway, Jake Puckerman's a Gaga and well, he's all up in that girl Marley with the fat mom. So, a, who's a Katie? So, probably because my mom's, her, her mom's boob always shoots out whipped cream. So, I thought I'd uh, send a little Gaga his way and see what happens. I'm sorry. I forgot about the whipped cream boob joke. Like, what the fuck? Like, how much longer are we going to trash Millie Rose? This is the sweetest woman to ever set foot in that damn school. And it's just, is she even on this season? Have we even seen her know. yet? I, th- I think she'll be back for at least one or two episodes. But yeah, um, nothing like a good like, oh, yeah, Marley has a fat mom joke to try to get a quick laugh out of you. Anyway, Sue is uh, incredibly annoyed at this. She's like, this is the most annoying thing they have ever done. And she's like, prepare to go to war once again, because Will is out here with these crazy ass lessons with katie and gaga like like what is this and she asked why do we always have to choose between female pop archetypes why can't we just be them all brie is not here for this lecture she's like i really don't know what you're talking about like i'm just here to do what you asked me to do and (laughs) sue is like well yeah i'm probably not making much sense right now because i have just consumed like a bunch of gallons of saline solution i have more salt water in my colon than richard simmons at a poorly executed cannonball off the fiery fire island (laughs) ferry now get the hell out of my office so it appears uh she's okay with brie wearing this for the rest of the day if it means that it's going to come to the destruction of the glee club which is pretty crazy considering what's going to happen later in the episode with Sue and all the rest of the Glee kids and what she's going to come to them mm-hmm. and say about all of their outfit choices. So, yeah, Brie kicks things off here. Um, a lot of fun. Just, you know, I, I'm like Glee, uh, Glee, uh, Brie is not going to, uh, <laughs> you know, quite make it towards being with the New Directions anytime soon or, or anything like that. So I'm glad that they still give her the opportunity to uh, dress up in one of these costumes because she is one of my, you know, favorite new characters or, you know, uh, brief characters uh, that we're going to get here. So uh, they gave her that opportunity. And uh, yeah, I th- this was a fun scene between the two. Sue's like, I mean, Sue literally doesn't know who this person is. Like, she just met her in the last episode saying, that, like, I have no idea who you are. But like, if you're if you hate the Glee Club, I hate the Glee Club. Like, you're going to work for me now. So uh, that's <laughs> that's what she's up to. Yeah, I think Brie looks really good in the costume. I mean, um, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic. Iconic telephone is iconic. Iconic. Elsewhere, Marley's going to come up to Jake and be like, oh, my God. So, Breadsticks, they're having a Julie Andrews night. They're doing Princess Diaries. They're doing Sound of Music. And they're doing Mary Poppins, like, back to back to back. And we should totally go. And it's going to be so fun. And let's do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rainbows. Glitter. All-American girl. Yeah. And Jake's like... No. <laughs> um, and she's going to suggest something else. He's also going to say no. He, uh, he's sort of like not impressed with all of the things that they have been doing for dates lately. They've all been a little bit too 
vanilla for him and even all of the suggestions that she comes up with after that are just a bit too vanilla she's gonna say oh you're he's gonna say oh you're just you're just such a katie and uh molly kind of gets indignant to that she's like you know so what like just because i like julie andrews doesn't mean that i can't rock a uh a bra made out of leather leather gloves and he's like oh well i'd love to see that so i guess he's you know pretty much challenging her to take this week seriously and sort of like break out of her comfort zone and also like go on a date that's a little bit different than what they usually do yeah we uh we've been pretty good so far on this season of not having much content from the new kids uh you know especially Charlie has really kind of been quiet through these first three episodes but of course uh you know wasn't gonna last that way forever and not that I'm mad about that or anything I'm, I'm happy to see if things can kind of get going again with these two where they can be a little less you know just kind of boring kind of there and maybe we can kind of move things around but obviously the pressing issue with these two has been all along that Jake wants more out of a relationship with anybody um he's willing to be with Marley because he really likes her. But at the end of the day, you know, the same old plans that she's trying to, you know, bring them on every day, you know, just a, a movie and breadsticks and this and that. Like, he's trying to be like, can we do a little bit more something else? Like, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, Jake is trying to get, you know, some action with Marley. And that's like one of his end goals as well, because he likes her that much. And, you know, he wants to be with her for whatever else. Um, but also, like, <laughs> I think he's also just bored of uh, the same thing that they're doing. So he's like, we, come on, we really need to change some things up here. This is uh, this is getting a little tiring. So yeah, uh, hopefully once we can get through all of this, uh, we'll we'll start to make way into uh, a little bit less boring Charlie content. Yeah, Sam also wants to shake some shit up because he's going to meet up in the auditorium with the rest of the Katies um, and tell them about his ideas for their performance. The AV club is hard at work building the set, hanging up the lights, some strobe lights to which Artie's like, some kids might be a little epileptic. I'm not sure if you want to go that route. But uh, Sam, who is just in artistic frenzy, is like, oh, I don't know. Like, if somebody does have a seizure, is it breakdancing or is it a seizure? I don't know. Like, let's let's figure it out together. Um, like, but we need some more ideas to make this performance the most crazy performance ever. We really need to impress Nurse Penny. Okay, like this is this is all this is, this is all needs to like go according to plan. Marley's gonna suggest, oh, what if we had sparklers, but we're inside <laughs> and. Sam was like, no, we're not, your ideas suck. I need, I need all of you to sit here, take the uh, sheet music for applause, w look at the applause music video. Artie, also, we're not just doing this for Nurse Perny, we're doing it for the entire school, and I'm going to go assure that we get an entire auditorium full of kids to come and watch this show. And they're like, how are you going to do that? He's like, by doing exactly what Lady Gaga do, I'm going to go recruit some little monsters. So Sam is just manic with, uh with the gaga-ness of it all he's going gaga that sounds good to me sounds good to me i uh i somebody's gotta you know be the uh, gaga representative pushing for all this and uh it's not you know, i guess kurt's not here and all the gagas are off doing katie so uh we got to get some kind of plan going we can't just sit here and not give a full-on gaga performance that'd be crazy sam is gonna walk over to becky in the hall and pretty much recruit her to help get the the word out uh for their Lady Gaga performance because he can tell that her soul is pure Gaga. And Becky is like, what are you talking about? He says, Lady Gaga. Who? Katy Perry, the governor of Texas? <laughs> He's like, uh, never mind. Listen, just trust me. We're putting on a huge show in Glee Club and I need you to get the word out to the McKinley Monsters, all right? 
It's like, all right, fine, whatever, I'll do it. Just shut up. So Becky again, did. I'm just so happy that Becky is back uh, and back in her uh, Becky ways of being annoyed by every member of the Glee Club, um, probably more than like Sue ever really could be. Becky truly has a deep hatred for these people, um, except when she's trying to, you know, like kiss them, uh, whether it's Gay Blaine or uh, Artie. But otherwise, she's just so annoyed by them. I want to know like what was the governor of texas joke like does the governor of texas look like katie perry or did the governor of texas have a name similar to katie perry like i really want to know <laughs> i'm gonna have to defer to the audience on this one well over in nyc kurt is sort of having the opposite dilemma of the katie perry's he is looking to not be himself rachel's gonna confront him about the star child audition video that santana had recorded and he can't be- she can't believe that Kurt would have turned somebody like that down for the band. And Kurt's like, look, like, I'm sort of tired of, of filling that niche. I'm tired of being the edgy person. I'm tired of being the one that's on the fringe. I want to sort of, like, blend in and, you know, create something that's a little bit more mainstream. And Rachel's like, well, that's never been you. Like, you've never you've never succeeded at that because that's never been what you've been about. And that's that's your brand. Like you always stay you always stay true to yourself. And Kurt's like, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be more widely accepted. I mean, we're all artists. Like all of us want to be liked. All of us want to get critical acclaim and to have you know mass appeal. And Rachel's like, well, that doesn't mean that you can't be yourself at the same time. You can still have that mass appeal by being yourself. I think that's exactly what you're gonna get. And for you to tell Starchild that he's a little bit too out there when you or yourself are also a little too out there just is mind-boggling because the two of you could create something special like you are a star Kurt and I would not be surprised if your name is up in lights all around the city one day but I think that Starchild is probably the same and you would do well to work with him and uh begrudgingly Kurt's going to agree that she's right but he doesn't even have his number so what is he going to do now i'm sure you can figure it out kurt it's probably not that hard to track down this guy uh santana i'm sure took his number or something like there was obviously people that were uh, into him plus star child like signed up like they said that he was the only person that had signed up to actually be at the audition today so you gotta have contact information somewhere come on go find him right i mean i feel like the name star child it's gotta you gotta be able to find him you know even if right. you don't have his real name like Check like Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, something. Yeah, he's y- you can find him. Yeah. Back at McKinley, Bree is going to walk up to Jarley and ask Jake to help her and the rest of the Cheerios choreograph a number. And Jake isn't too sure about that, especially since his girlfriend is standing right there. Uh, but Marley's going to give him permission here. He's like, oh, no, Jake, go ahead and do it. Like, you're so good at that stuff. You love it. Like, come on. And Jake's like, okay, sure, I'm in. Uh, Bree's like, great, I'll text you rehearsal deets. Uh, she gives J- Molly the quick up and down and then <laughs> walks off. So Bree is plotting, honey. She's plotting. Go, girl. Yeah, I love. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, so it's time for uh, Sue's daily announcements when she just interrupts class. She's like, okay, it's time for some announcements that I... Didn't do earlier because I was busy publicly breastfeeding my baby at Starbucks. Once again, it's flea and tick season. Please be sure to thoroughly inspect your overly hormonal, acne-riddled bodies. But then Becky 
wearing the exact same outfit that Lady Gaga wore at the beginning of her 2013 MTV VMAs. Or was it 2014? Was it 2013 or 2014? Couldn't have been 2014. 2014 was the year after this all happened. But Art Pop didn't come out until November. And the VMAs are always in September. But the but Applause came out probably before September. I think Applause came out in like August. So that would make sense. So yeah, it was 2013. Yeah. <laughs> so she's wearing the exact same outfit that she wore at the VMAs. And she's going to play a few notes on some, like, portable organ and say, I am one of Mother Monster's devoted disciples, and I command you to open your laptops immediately. So everyone in the school, including Mr. Shu, I guess all these kids are rich because they all have laptops that they're carrying around. Yeah, school laptops. Some of them look a little personalized, though. Like, Stoner Brent, like, I'm pretty sure that was his. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) They open the laptop, and Sam is there. With no shirt, with some sort of coronavirus face mask, staring into the camera menacingly. Uh, Let's not rewrite Gaga's historical uh, (laughs) costumes as a coronavirus face mask. (laughs) I mean, that's what it looked like. I know. 2020 is ruining everything, but uh, the uh, art pop iconic uh, images that uh, Gaga had been putting out there that, uh, yeah, Sam is recreating here. What is the, what does the video say? Glee Club is no longer relevant. Uh, do not come to the auditorium today at 3.30. Stoner Brett is uh, not happy with this video at all. <laughs> no, everybody's a little scared by it. Uh, they don't really quite understand what's happening there, especially Stoner Brett. He's uh, having a hard time processing this. But, yeah, Sam is just there, like, with the face mask on and just with the, like, just holding his head in the, you know, typical Gaga, just back and forth and, like, you know, just trying to uh, do his best Gaga impression there and give a little bit of a teaser, which really, you know, was was an audience teaser for what's about to come. And it worked because it got me excited. I was ready for uh, for some applause on the way a little bit later. So it's it was fun, except for uh, Penny, who is not really going to enjoy that very much because uh, she doesn't seem to be into the Gaga of it all and uh, didn't seem to understand what that was about in the first place and take some extra convincing from Sam to uh, end up bringing her back into the fold and, you know, being willing to even uh, potentially watch the performance. So still, uh, I, I don't think I even commented about Penny earlier when we talked about her because I was so wrapped up in the True Jackson VP of it all, but still don't really care about you Penny. were you, you so, were swept uh, away i i was and i am um so don't really care much about the penny of it all but uh if sam's happy i'm happy as long as uh he maybe he can get her to watch an episode of true jackson vp as well and uh i'll work on the same with you yeah so he, he's gonna walk up to her um after she's done watching the video he's like it's just a little teaser video we're doing an applause performance at 3 30 she's holy calm she's like i can't uh, because i'm getting a new piercing he's like what where She's like, oh, my ear. She's like, oh, that's crazy because I'm also getting a new piercing. And so we can go together and then you can come and see the performance later on. <laughs> and so she's like, OK, fine. <laughs> like, All right, Sam, like you're really laying it on thick, but that's fine. So we are going to go over to the Lady Gagas who are trying to come up with ideas for their Katy Perry performance. Uh, Unique is like, OK, I'm thinking lions and tigers will unleash them for the zoo. Now that's now that's roar. <laughs> and then Tina's like, I want to whip the audience and make them our slaves. Ooh, let's reenact a baby's birth on stage. We can float in giant plastic bags of amniotic fluid. Jake is just like not here for this shit at all. Like Katie's like Puckerman. Like we've like what are you doing? Like we've been at this for five hours. You have nothing to contribute. 
Unique's like, we'll be at this for five more hours unless we come up with the perfect idea. And Jake's like, okay, I'm out of here. They ask him where he's going. He's saying, I'm going to go help the Cheerios. They asked me to help them with some choreography. And Kitty's like, oh, so who talked you into that? Let me guess. Bruh. (laughs) That girl is like the most vile human being on the planet. Uh, And Jake leaves anyway. And uh, Unique has Marley on speed dial. (laughs) Bruh. Is it? Bruh. Bruh. Are you going to see? Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> Let me guess. Bruh. Oh, you're going to bruh and dance with her? Kitty uh, seemingly not invited to this rehearsal, so uh, that's probably a little bit of a blow to her. I don't know what's going on without yeah, her. Yeah, like, I mean, what the fuck? Like, how does she not? Like, why aren't you at rehearsal? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, how is this girl still wearing a Cheerios uniform? It seems like nobody wants her on the team anymore. Um, but whatever. She's uh, she's still there. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're still trying to organize ourselves in our little groups of Katie's and Gaga's. And uh, the, the, the Katie's specifically have so many ideas. When you have a Tina and Unique, uh, and I guess Katie as well, like, the ideas are flowing and... And they are wild, and uh, I, I would have loved to see this performance in every different uh, facet of every idea that they had for uh, potential ideas. But it's okay. I'm happy with the end result that we got instead. And yeah, uh, as you mentioned, Unique has uh, got Marley on speed dial. She is going to return to her roots of worrying about Marley when it comes to Jake because the first the the foundation of their friendship was unique coming to Marley saying oh I know him even though I just transferred to the school uh I know him he is a womanizer and they sang a whole song about it and she is uh going to remind Marley that this is not a good idea uh you know you should not have let him go off with all the Cheerios to go dance with them and you know be grinding their bodies all over each other that kind of thing and Marley's like what I I didn't think it was a big deal I'm like Marley you're so dumb so dumb so dumb so dumb uh but you you know what? You are young and I guess very naive to what could have been going on. I don't know. It's just uh, not the smartest move that she said yes to this in the first place as she's going to find out when she arrives to uh, spy on the dance rehearsal. Yeah, I mean, she's like, I'm not saying that Jake's on the verge of cheating, but I'm not not saying it. Like my Aunt Felicia always says, a tiger can't change his stripes, especially when that tiger's a man slut. Uh, and Jake, but she doesn't, Marley doesn't believe that Jake is like that anymore. Unique's like, look, I know he loves you and you love him, but that was pre-breed. That girl is poison. She is whack like crack, a Venus, a penis fly trap, and she will chew him up. <laughs> Hashtag preach. And so, yeah, like you said, they're looking at the rehearsal. They are, you know, really, really close to like grinding on one another, but it's just a rehearsal. Um, and Marley's like, you know what? No. I'm not going to get paranoid about Jake. Either he wants to be with the real me, real me or he can go. And she walks the fuck off. Like, she's not about to do this. She's not. She has a performance to prepare for. It is what it is. So, fuck it. Back over in the auditorium. It's time for applause. Curtain drops. I live for the applause, applause, applause. I live for the, Oh, my God. Um, The performances. Ah! I'm so excited for both of these numbers. Um, I love them so much. Applause uh, is going to kick us off here with uh, Ryder, Blaine, Artie, Sam, and Marley, who is uh, looking a little different out there. But both of these numbers get me every single time. I love them so, so much. Yeah. Artie sounds so good towards the end of this song. Uh, From the bridge into the last chorus, it's Artie all the way for me in this number. 
the lights hit the runway. You have all of a sudden you look at the back of the stage and Sam emerges in that costume. That's like, oh, hello. Uh, he is obviously yeah, what costume. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's got the wings on and a, a bit of a black cap covering all of his long hair, which is really helpful for this costume. Uh, no shirt, just, you know, full abs out for all of you. Uh, and then you get Blaine emerging from the side and the smoke and Ryder inside the cage and Artie with that big blow up uh, giant costume attached to his wheelchair and a face full of some art pop makeup going. And uh, we'll talk about, I guess, Marley in a second, but just the, the guys on this number smash it. They all look great. They all sound great. They all look that, you know, that that very over dramatized gaga creepy look feel kind of thing like they just really bring that to life and uh it's just incredible uh to me i love i love everything about it i mean uh sam really gets you drawn in uh you know from a, a very specific point but also i mean from the vocals as well he, they just all sound uh, really good on it yeah they sound really really good on it Marley fucks it up, though, because she's going to walk out in a costume, but it's not going to be the seashell bikini that that Sam picked out for her. It's going to be the uh, the Katy Perry California Girls Candyland type dress, which is still really cute, but obviously just not on theme at all. Uh, But, you know, Marley's going to say, I wasn't comfortable when... Sam asks her what happened to that other costume. And I don't blame her because the seashell bikini, literally, that's it. Like, it's just two seashells that cover her titties and then a small little seashell panty. Like, that Marley's not wearing that shit. Like, and she shouldn't even wear that shit. Like, that's so inappropriate for school. Uh, but Sam was like, well, get over yourself. You think I'm just comfortable up here with no shirt on? He's, she's, she's like, yeah, you probably are. Already makes the argument that he's not that comfortable with this white blowing thing, like in his in his wheels, and Blaine uh, quips that he looks like uh, Sigmund or uh, Freed and Roy, and it's like, guys, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna change who I am for any number or for any guy. Mr. Shu says, look, we're trying to win, win a national championship here, but you put your personal agenda over the goals of the rest of the group, so you're suspended for a week, and this is such bullshit. It's such bullshit. Because she didn't want to wear a stupid bikini. There were plenty of other costumes that she could have worn. But the the, the, the bikini costume, I have to agree. Like, she should not have worn that. I just want to know where this energy was back in the day with, like, the Rachels of the world. Or um, I guess he technically, you know, he kicked out Santana for a brief period of time after she did the whole purple piano thing. But, like, she was legitimately setting school pieces of equipment on fire and that should have been a school suspension not just a uh you know glee club suspension but marley you know she misunderstood or not misunderstood she decided to take the assignment in her own ways and of course like uh i i understand why they're all upset with her about this but to say like oh you're punished you're like you're like will you are literally the one that's like we have re- uh region us uh, hello nationals coming up we need to be prepared for it we need to rehearse for it and now you're going to kick her out of the whole thing like just punish her by not giving her a solo at uh nationals if you think you don't need her for it which i feel like they probably do think they need her for it because they think they need her for everything but uh there's other ways they could have gone about this without some kind of like suspension um also i have a very hard time believing that marley ever would have done this she is way too scared and way too of a rule follower i guess is the best way to put it to ever have actually put on this outfit and uh done this in this performance like the way she is prancing around the stage up and down holding the lollipop holding this and just 
just like uh, completely acting a fool while everybody else is up there trying to put on this epic Gaga performance. Like, no, that is not Marley. I am uh, not sure who, you know, took over Marley's body in that brief moment, but uh, that is not something that the real Marley Rose ever would have done. So I don't know what has gotten into her, but whatever. It resulted in a suspension and that's uh, that's where we're at. You're really, you really going to suspend somebody, like one of your star members of the Glee Club, the week before Nationals? I I just think that that was stupid, but fine, fine, sure. Suspend the girl for not wanting to be scantily clad uh, in front of all those people that were allegedly mm-hmm. supposed to be there. But after this performance, the, the Lady Gagas are in a frenzy. Like, they don't know what the hell is going on. Tina's like, guys! We need to focus. It's now the day of, and we still don't have a strong plan for this Katie song, and I think it's pretty obvious what the problem is. Katie says, uh, because we're a bunch of Gagas trying to out Katie the Katies who just did a Gaga song featuring Marley as Katie. Besides, we didn't have a plan, but King Latifah here dropped the ball. Uh, Unique is like, uh-uh, let me autocorrect that for you. I tried breaking into the zoo to get us live tigers. Plot twist, Lima doesn't have a zoo. Why do we think it did? But I did get us a Goliath costume to make up for it, didn't I? Yeah, we're gonna see freaking Jake dressed up as a lion with the hair, mane, and all. <laughs> the makeup, like what are the what are the costume people just get really bored and say like, oh, we have this available. Can we please, uh, writers, can we please put this on somebody in this episode? And they were like, yeah, go for it. We'll uh, make it a really quick segment. And they were like, yay, thank you. And they were able to put Jake in this ridiculous looking lion uniform uh, costume, not uniform. It's just very, 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 very funny. Uh, glad it was only like a brief second and they didn't actually make him, you know, uh, go onto the stage in his uh, Lion King ensemble. But uh, it was really funny for that brief brief scene it's like seriously i look like a gay thundercat he's like i'm really not okay with this <laughs> i just love unique's line about like plot twist alignment doesn't have a zoo why do you think it did <laughs> like yes yeah, so why did you think there was a zoo if there was one <laughs> um but tina the clear voice of reason is like guys we we are thinking too hard about this we the real problem is we're thinking gimmicks and spectacle and yes both Katie and Gaga share that, but what people love about Katie's music is it's fun and kind and real and girl next door. We need to strip it down. No costumes, no special effects, no gimmicks, just the music. And I think that that's in a pretty apt assessment. Although I don't know if all, I don't know if I would classify all of Lady Gaga, or I don't know if I would classify all of Katie's music as like kind and sweet and go next door because there are quite a few songs on teenage dream that are <laughs> like she drops an f-bomb in teenage dream like mm-hmm. it's not that girl next door i guess they're uh really just you know trying to paint the picture here of uh Katie is the pure lollipop sweets, rainbows and flowers and whatever and gaga is the obvious like everybody you know, you know what gaga is so yeah they're uh kind of really stripping them both down to only being this one thing when we know that just just like you know gaga is known for i guess all this like she can do so much more than that with a lot of uh, slower songs a lot of really intimate touching songs so uh both artists have a little bit more than what we're seeing on here but it's okay i'm happy uh with with what we got from both depictions of both artists mm-hmm. all right so that's the plan for the gagas they're going to do a stripped down katie back in nyc Kurt is uh, at the Spotlight Diner waiting some tables, and the next person that he uh, waits on is actually Starchild. Uh, Kurt is surprised. Starchild, you know, he's not in the garb that we saw him in the first time. Um, he's going to ask Kurt, let me tell you something, is this t- toned down enough for you? Um, can we talk? 
Kurt immediately sits down. He's like, oh, I'm taking an intermission, which is how they say they're going on break at the Spotlight Diner. And Starchild just pretty much levels with Kurt. And he talks about how he knows that his look can be a little bit much, but he just really loves the showmanship. Uh, like he used to take New Jersey Transit into the city to, to see shows and concerts and go to museums. So I only applied to colleges in New York. Kurt asks him if he goes to Niada. He says, no, NYU. I didn't get into Niada, but NYU is nothing to laugh at. So like, fuck Niada. Uh, but he says, but it's cool. I mean, I'm doing things all over the city. And one of the things on my artist bucket list is to be in an indie band. So if Star Child's too much for you, I can be whoever you want. I just wanted to make an impression. And Kurt assures him that he did. And he knows that like, after a lot of soul searching, he's like, I've come to the realization that for my band to be uh, successful, I have to surround myself with people like you. And there wasn't a lot of competition, but you blew it away. Oh, he also lets him know that his name is Elliot Gilbert. Starshot is not his real name, of course. Uh, so he's going to ask him, okay, so does that mean that I can audition again for the band? And Kurt says, no, you're already in and you can be Star Child, you can be Elliot Gilbert, anyone in between, it doesn't matter. We just want you to be a part of, of the band. Uh, Santana walks by and says, oh my goodness, Kurt, your break is over and you have a fiance, so stop flirting. Kurt's like, look, 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 this is Star Child. And Santana's like, oh, well, shit, well, hot damn. Because she obviously, obviously didn't recognize who he was either. So he's in the band. He's in the band. Uh, look at Adam Lambert coming through here looking good like that. Like, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, Starchild was his own separate character that looked uh, very unique and distinguished. And that was the point of his look at, uh, at first. But he's down for the cause. Like, he wants to be in the band. He is really into what's going on here uh, for some reason. I mean, if I was Starchild with that talent and Kurt said no to me, I'd be like, all right, bitch, bye. I'm out of here. I'll find somebody else that wants me. Um, I know what I've got and uh, I don't need your approval. Random uh, freshman at Niata that works at Vogue.com like I don't need you nobody does but he's uh, sticking to it maybe he recognizes uh, Danny who also does seem to be in the band you know maybe he recognizes her from another thing or two maybe I don't know she has a familiar looking face that Danny does um, so I don't know uh, maybe that's the draw for him and he really wants to be involved in the band and we're glad that he ended up sticking around for it because uh, you, you don't just kick out Star Child you, you need to make amends here Kurt and very uh, luckily he does so and Star Child yeah he's gonna stick around and uh, I think uh, I, I love this so the way that Santana's like fawning over him like we know that uh Santana really isn't into guys at all anymore but like he is making an impression on her yeah he is he is uh she's clearly taken with him I mean she recorded a video and showed it to Rachel like she's uh she's a, a star child stan stan she has decided to stand forever but yeah this is uh this is great you got you got Kurt you got Santana you got star child you got Danny that's already like a, a really powerful group right there so they can really do some damage as the apocalyptics or whatever the fuck they end up being. Um, back at McKinley, Sam is going to come find Nurse Penny. He asks her, like, oh, so you, you, you didn't, I missed you at the end of the performance. Where'd you go? She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I, I had to go. He asks, so did you like it? Like, what was your favorite part? Uh, she says, oh, well, I liked the part where the girl got suspended. <laughs> Sam's like, yeah, but like, how did you feel about the show? She's like, I didn't hate it. Okay, I did. I'm sorry. Lady Gaga is just not my thing. She's just a little bit too dark for me. Sam says, like, I, th I thought that you had, like, a bit of a musical dark side. I thought that you were, like, edgy. And she's like, I really don't. Like, my ex-boyfriend was in into that. And B 
because everybody always said that I was just a little bit too vanilla, I tried to get into that kind of stuff as well. And I started dating him just for that simple fact too. But really like my favorite artists are mainstream, like Bruno Mars, uh, Carrie Underwood and Katy Perry. And Sam just comes clean. He's like, oh my God, like me too. Like I'm totally not a Gaga fan. I'm such a Katy Perry. I love her too. Like I, I just love that kind of stuff. And Norris Pennant's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm still in love with the beat, like with the, with the Jonas Brothers. And uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam is like, yeah, I totally love the, uh, I love the Beeps too. And Pennant's like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, Not that. Like far. you know, Katy Perry's going on tour next year. Do you want to go to a concert with me if she's ever in Ohio? And Sam was like, yeah, sure. Like why wait a year? How about we just go see what the Glee Club is doing right now? They're doing a Katy Perry song uh, later on today. And before she can even answer, he plans to kiss on her, which she uh, reciprocates. They pull away. Sam tells himself to calm down. But then they go at it again. Clearly, uh, finally giving in to the urges. Is that a... Please tell me that's a uh, pack of lightsabers in your pocket, Sam. Oh, wait. No, that was a different episode. Um, I I don't care about this. Uh, Can we talk about the song? Can you talk about the song? Let's talk about the song. Wide Awake is the musical selection. That the Lady Gagas have decided to sing. Drip Down Virgin, acoustic, piano, so good. Slow down, beautiful. You got Kitty, you got Jake, you got Tina, you got Unique. Yes, we're going to start from uh, left to right with Kitty. Um, well, uh, you just said the names, but, you know, Kitty on the end, Unique on the other end with uh, Jake and Tina in the middle. Jake is obviously the only male voice on this song, and you only need one with the way that this cover works. They just did such an incredible job. Like, I'm talking about, like, the music producers, like, the people who put these arrangements together for them, because this isn't, you know, Wide Awake is, uh, Wide Awake is not this song. Like, this is obviously an alternative uh, version of the song where where this is just, it fits them all so, so well. Like, they took applause and they did, you know, applause. They did exactly what the number really calls for with a lot of big outfits and costumes and makeup and all that kind of stuff. Uh, This, they really just, like Tina, you know, Tina's idea to just strip it down and have it just be them. Um, Some of my favorite Glee performances of all times are just anybody sitting on a stool singing a song, you know, from the heart kind of thing. And this one is no exception. It's just... Just they put their voices together in the most beautiful, blended way. You see, like Kitty and Jake, especially. Like, I guess maybe it's like only because I guess Unique and uh, Tina, like both of them, this kind of comes more naturally to just be sitting there and like belting out this number. But like, you see the way that Kitty and Jake are both like, like putting their all into it. Like, like uh, Becca Tobin literally has like her whole head and neck like stretched out like a mile away from her body as she like lets the song out of her and just really like gets to these notes. And like, it's funny because you know that she's lip syncing. They all are, of course, that's how this works uh, on this show. But she's really giving you that whole like, like extra mile of showing you that she's putting her all into this number. And uh, Jake as well, like I said, the only male voice on the number, he just sounds so good. And every time that any of them hit a note, you see like the Gaga's in the audience. uh, Well, I guess the Katie's or whatever you call them, everybody else from the other number Artie uh, especially is like, just man, you guys are good. Like unique and kidding. All of them. They are just killing the number. It's so good. It's so good. It is a good number. Yeah. The uh, vocal arrangement is really good everybody has their signature moment for the song you know you got unique with those runs at the end you got 
Sam at the end of the, or excuse me, Jake at the end of the second verse is just really good. And, you know, Tina holding it down. It's just, it's, it's a really good number. It's just really good. Yeah. It's some, sometimes those numbers are so good that it's like, what else is there to say? It's just like, there's no critic. I have no criticisms towards it. I, I can only sit here and pick out every single thing that I loved about it. Uh, but one person that did not get to enjoy this number was Marley. She's going to come up to Jake later on and see like, I can't believe that I got kicked out of the rehearsal. I can't believe that I've been suspended. I've never been suspended for anything. This just feels so weird. And Jake's, you know, consoling her, and it's like, it's okay, like, I understand that you were, you know, trying to, you know, stand up for what you believe in, but I must say, you look really, really cute in this wig. And he's going to ask her, like, hey, do you want to hang out later tonight? Like, uh, you can come over to my to my place? And Molly's like, yeah, of course, like, I'm, I'm about it. Like, let me just go change first. He's like, you know what, no, leave it on. I'm kind of digging this look. And she's like, really? He's like, really? Gives her a kiss. And then before he leaves, he's like, yeah, my mom is also going to be working a double tonight, so she won't be home till late. And he leaves. And now Marley looks a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty, uh, pretty making it pretty clear what he is kind of expecting or hoping for. He has been patient in uh, getting anything more to happen between the two of them over time. We saw them back at the wedding where things uh, Jake was hoping to escalate a little bit that night, but you know, Marley wasn't ready yet. And it's uh, probably only been a, a couple months since then. It hasn't been that much time. So, I mean, obviously Marley is still just not at a point in her life where she's like, seeming to be fully ready to go forward with that. You know, it, it is a big step and a big deal for a lot of people. Uh, some people it's not, some people it is. And Marley obviously is somebody who um, has been making it clear that just any of that kind of stuff, she she doesn't know that she's ready for it yet. And that's her choice. And she's more than allowed to uh, to feel that way. Jake is just really hoping at every opportunity that, you know, he can do a, not just not just more than the plans that they have being a little stale like he really wants to you know kind of get something else going which is also his right to you know be wanting that as well so it's just this relationship obviously hits a little bit of a road bump every once in a while when they come to this uh, crossing of Jake reminding her that he's still you know waiting for the chance to get to that level of their relationship and Marley still kind of not being ready so yeah it's uh gonna give her a little bit of anxiety every time she can tell that that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, we're going to cut right to um, them at his place. They're in bed making out. He's trying to put his hand underneath her skirt. Um, she keeps pushing it away. She eventually tells him to stop. He does stop. And then he's, he, you know, goes to the other end of the bed and he's like, can we have an honest conversation about this? Because the whole point of us being boyfriend and girlfriend is for us to be able to trust and appreciate each other. And she's like, of course, I trust and appreciate you. But he's like, well, like I feel like I've been very, very patient with you. Like, I, I haven't been pressuring you into anything. And Marla's like, okay, so the reason that you've been sticking around this whole time and being this patient is so that I, you, that I would let you touch my boobs. And he's like, that's not what I'm saying. But I just feel like you're not even willing to consider it. Like, you don't care that it's, that it's bumming me out. Uh, and she says, well, I don't want to be pressured into doing something that I don't want to do. He says, I'm not trying to pressure you. I've been the most patient. I've been the most understanding. I mean, usually I go after, like, if a girl doesn't, I leave if a girl doesn't let me have her, like, in six hours. And then she's like, okay, well, then go with be one of those girls. Go be with one of them. Like, go have fun. She's about to cry. And he comes over to her. Looks like he's about to console her. 
But we cut to him back at the school. He walks up to to Bree, who's packing up after Cheerios practice, and he asks her, like, do you want to go somewhere? And she's like, where? He's like, somewhere private. She's like, will your girlfriend be there? He's like, do you want to do this or not? She's like, okay, let me grab my jacket. We need to uh, be able to lay it down because I don't want to get any grass stains on my uniform. Uh, Jake, uh, look, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Okay, so let's let's kind of talk about this for a second, though, actually. I mean, no, there's not much to talk about. No, never mind. Um, I was just going to say, like, do we blame him for wanting to do this? But then, you know, of course, I, for a brief second, wasn't considering the fact that he is uh, going to go around. Like, if he's doing something with Bree, it's obviously cheating on Marley, which, I mean, if you are not, like, my point was just the, the first thought that I had was if he's not satisfied with like if he if he needs more from marley and he's not getting it from her uh he has every right to break up with her yeah absolutely he has every right to break up with her if he wants to um and then once he does that then if he wants to go find brie feel free but obviously uh that's not what we're being presented here he's just uh going off to do some typical glee cheating and uh that's what's happening here so yeah um not great but it is great in terms of finally getting Jarly uh, to be less boring. So I'll take that win. Yeah, it's a shitty situation. I feel like a lot of us are like trained to believe like if somebody breaks up with you because you won't have sex with them, then they never really loved you. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I just think and I don't I don't necessarily know how emotionally intelligent uh, two 16 year olds can be. I don't really know about that. But yeah, yeah, like if you. If you're not getting everything that you want in a relationship, then of course, like you don't have to remain in the relationship. So break it off, but don't cheat. So Mm -hmm. Jake is in the wrong here, not for what he wants, but for what he did to get it. Yeah, that that whole scene of the two of them back at Jake's place is uh, a little bit of a tough watch. Uh, It's just, you know, he's trying and he's, you know, not he's not like forcing himself on her, but he's, you know, trying to just do what most couples do when they're laying in bed. And, you know, this is again, what he's used to. Uh, He has made it clear that he's, uh, he's been very sexually active in the past. So he's just kind of going about the motions of what he would normally be doing, hooking up with a girl in his bed. Uh, This one is somebody that he cares about a lot more. And that's why it's like frustrating him so much when this whole thing ends and she's, you know, uh, she's, she's still not down for it. He's like, Oh, but I have been patient. I have been trying. Like I have been, uh, you know, as patient as possible, but she's getting even more annoyed. And, you know, she, she has every right to be though. I mean, she does not have to do anything she doesn't want to. And, you know, the position that they both found themselves in was uh, they were getting like, you know, really into this makeout session. And she was like, no, like, seriously, I've, I've told you before, I'm not ready. I will tell you when I'm ready. So him trying to just kind of get around that and hope that she will just kind of let it happen without actually having that discussion first. Not great. So, you know, she's getting really frustrated and this whole thing is uh, a little messy, but again, I'll take the mess over the uh, boring writer and whatever the hell was happening in season four. Yeah. Back over in NYC, uh, they are still trying to come up with a name for their band. Uh, Danny is going to suggest the nip slips. Boob lovers of all genders will appreciate that one. Kurt's like, yeah, sure, we can even call ourselves the Areolas. But Santana's like, no, it should be Areola 51, so that way we can get the sci-fi geeks as well. Kurt's like, I was just being sarcastic. But Santana's like, no, you're being the no-bot. Like, you're not offering any ideas yourself. You're just telling all of ours that ours aren't great. He's like, I'm manifesting it, okay? Like, it'll come to me. I'll know it when it comes. 
Um, Rachel comes back. They ask her how rehearsal was. She says, I sang My Man all day, so it's kind of depressing, but I'm good. What are you guys up to? They're like, well, we're trying to figure out a name for our band, but we can't figure out one something that is going to please uh, Kurt here. And Rachel says, I don't know. Why don't you call, why don't you call yourselves Pamela Lansbury? And they're like, that's it. They, they like the looks on all their faces. They're like, you just, what did you just say? I'm like, was it really that great? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) Kurt's like, you're a genius. We can combine the raw sex appeal of Pamela Anderson with the quiet dignity of uh, Angela Lansbury. Rachel, it's perfect. Now you have to be in the band. And Rachel's like, I already told you I can't. I like, I have too much going on. Kurt's like, come on, Rachel. Like, you already named us, and no more funny girl excuses. When Barbie was when Barbie was doing Fanny, she still had time to sing to the president and be on the cover of magazine and sing Happy Days Are Here again to an adoring nightclub of audience members. Like, come on, like you can do this. And Rachel finally agrees to do it. I mean, every time you bring up Barbara and what she was doing while she was preparing for uh, Funny Girl, it just it gets to her. So she is now a part of it. It's a five man band, bitch. I yeah, there's not in. much that you probably couldn't convince Rachel to do as long as you just mentioned that Barbara did it as well. Um, I'm sure that Rachel, like, you can't trick her by any means. I don't think you could be like, oh, Barbara did this. And, you know, Barbara uh, loved to go swimming at all hours of the night. So you should come to the pool with me, Rachel. Like, she's not going to believe that. But uh, if it's something realistic that you know about Barbara that you can kind of connect the dots and make Rachel, you know, get on the same page as you, then by all means, go for it. And uh, that's what Kurt does. And that's what a lot of people do to uh, convince her of of one way or another of of something. So, yeah, she's in the band. Pamela Lansbury is uh, this new band that is formed of these five people. And uh, we have our own little mini glee club in New York featuring. um, Let's go with it. Let's go with real names. Uh, Leah Michelle, Naya Rivera, Chris Colfer. Amber, uh, Amber, Adam Lambert, and uh, Demi Lovato. I mean, name a more iconic five-person band. I, I can't. The Backstreet Boys, who? In Sync, who? The Spice Girls, who? Oh, and now I draw the line at Spice Girls. <laughs> Me too. They are all firmly under the line underneath Pamela Lansbury. Um. All right. Yeah, Pamela Lansbury is a go. Back at the school, everybody is in their costumes. The Katie's are dressed up as Katie's. The Gaga's still have their applause uniforms on. Tina is going to run in and be like, oh my God, guys, through an explosion. They just tweeted they're doing another Lady Gaga number for for nationals. And Mr. Shoe's like, it's fine. And the writer's like, like, yeah, like we're just going to do another Gaga number and show them up. But uh, Blaine is like, no, they're they're mocking us. Like they're, they're, they're trying to toy with our emotions right now. This means war. But Mr. Shoe's like, guys, look. The, the truth is, Lady Gaga and Katy Perry, they're both great, right? And they are pushing each other to create even greater music. So that's exactly what we need to do. We've already had this entire week to embrace our own artistry and push push our own uh, comfort levels to, to, to their boundaries. So now we just need to do the same thing with nationals. Like, if they're going to be unstoppable, then we need to be unstoppable. And that's that's where we're at with that. Sue is going to come in and look and say, like, oh, so um, I have something to say to all of you. You're all suspended. You uh, do realize that there is a dress code at this school, and all of you, and I mean all of you, are in clear violation of that. So you got to go. Mr. Shu says, you cannot do that. Sue says, well, I'm principal, and you'll find that I can do whatever I want. There are rules at this school, and these rejects on the cutting floor of a Ted Browning movie uh, are all breaking them. 
And Mr. Chu says, look, we have been wearing costumes for the past four years in this school. and You've never had a problem with it before. And she said, well, that was that was BS before Sue. And Mr. Chu's like, look, are you really about to bring up this feud again? And she's like, it, it never ended, William. It's been hibernating like a polar bear in winter. Uh, she's like, you know, Sue, the problem with the war is that I always seem to find a way to win it. Yeah, every time. And I wouldn't cha- plan on changing that. Well, she's like, well, this means that there's only uh, one of us with an atomic bomb. And you know who's going to be. Mr. Shu says, bring it, Sue. And he, she says it is brung once again. And here we go. Mr. Shu says, you know what, fine, but you better get ready to hear the new directions roar. And of course, Q roar. <laughs> I just wish that that line didn't have to happen. It was fine. It was corny. I am just so glad that the feud between Will and Sue were back. Uh, Sue is back. I just, I mean, I think in general, I get, I'm sure people were kind of over it at, at the time, you know, in seasons one, two, and three, but it's still a staple of the show. And it felt a little bit weird, honestly, to have it not be a thing. Uh, we know that Sue and Finn had kind of created a little something to carry them in for season four, uh, while Will was kind of out of the picture, but I don't care, even if it's played out or whatever. This, like the, That's all the backbone of uh, McKinley High. So we need to keep that going. We can't just have you know no connection between those two characters. So uh, it's pretty important. I'm glad that it's happening yet again. It's Because, again, it's not like we've been beat over the head with it for the past. You know, it's pretty much taken a full season off uh, for the most part. So I'm glad we're back into uh, what those two do best, feuding with each other. And, yeah, you're going to hear the New Directions roar as uh, the kids. I like this. As It's so funny as the kids all come up to her and they like sing intimidate her uh with unique and kitty and tina and they come up to her and they just start singing the song like in like a very threatening way towards uh sue trying to like scare her off and be like you think you can suspend us well you're gonna hear us roar and it's uh, a very adorable adorkable um little ending to the episode as they're going to go into a number that i Really, also, really, really, really enjoy um, this cover of Roar because obviously uh, we're going to see it's another one of those numbers that features both New York kids and New Directions kids. Uh, the kids at back at McKinley are just dressed up in these jungle out- outfits. Uh, they all look really good. The set in the auditorium looks incredible. I don't know how they pulled all of that off. Uh, that like in, insane, like I wouldn't even have, I would never have seen a set like that even for like our spring musical. Like we would never have had anything that crazy or elaborate, but they had a whole set going. The kids are swinging all over the place. They just are having so much fun with this number. And then uh, everybody back in New York is uh, using Katy Perry's roar as like their little rehearsal number. Um, and Pamela Lansbury is all, you know, at the microphone and you get like, it's just, how do you go wrong with this number? I don't know if you like it as much as I do. You can, you know, tell me in a second, but it's just every voice on the show all at once. You have Rachel, you have Kurt, you have uh, these two guest stars of uh, Adam Lambert and uh, Demi Lovato, obviously uh, with Naya there as well. And with everybody in New York, it's just such a fun blend. And I have a bit, I'm such a big fan of this number. Yeah, I like it too. It's a good number. I, I'm a, I mean, I'm always going to be a sucker for the ensemble numbers. My question is, when did this performance happen? Because if they were all suspended for a week and Marley was all suspended from the Glee Club for a week, then why wasn't she just allowed to be in the number at the end of the week? Because they all would have been suspended at the same time. But whatever. Um, <laughs> I like the number, too. It's good. I like to see them 
swinging back and forth. I thought that Artie swinging with his wheelchair was hilarious. Iconic. They all looked really good. Um, and they sound great. Uh, I'm, I love that Demi Lovato was able to take the climax of the song. Yes. Expert choice. I got the as I butcher it. But yeah, she she really like they used her in that perfect spot there to just like bring the song, like you said, to the climax of it and then just go back down from there and just oh man, the whole thing is uh incredible. They put everybody in such great spots of each of uh, of the of the song to highlight some really fun things that everybody can do. Yep. Yeah, Roar is definitely a song that grew on me. I did not take a liking to it when it first came out i was like really katie like this disney channel ass shit like what the fuck are you doing but it grows it definitely grows on you after some time so you know seven years later i'm like oh classic katie perry so yes um but yeah and then of course marley walks in like you said at the end of the song and jake sees marley from the stage and he's super distracted and Bree's gonna show up as well and she's gonna stand next to marley and uh this is getting a little bit messy for jake who we have to assume that uh he did go through with that plan uh, that's as far as we know uh him and Bree went off and uh did a little something something and now Bree and marley are standing right next to each and other then jake she had the nerve to terrified. show up to the fucking rehearsal like she's crazy <laughs> Like, okay, yeah, that that's true. But then, like, can we talk about these costumes and these outfits and Jacob Artist? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They look good. They all look really good. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, Favorite songs of the episode. There's only four, which I think is a mistake. When I heard that they were doing a Gaga or a Katie I was really excited that we were going to get, like, at least, I don't know, six songs. But, you know, four, only two songs each. It's a little, it's a little, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. But fine, whatever. Mary the Night, Star Child, a.k.a. Elliot Gilbert. Applause, Blaine, Artie, Sam, Marley, and Ryder. Wide Awake, Kitty, Tina, Jake, and Unique. Roar, The New Directions, with Pamela Lansbury. I'll go first. Hands down, far and away, wide awake, no contest. It's the only song that departs from the original. And like we gushed over it before, just the arrangement, really good. Jake sounds amazing on it. They all sound amazing on it. Unique brings it home at the end. It's just beautiful. I love the strings. I love the piano. Just... It's the song that I listen to the most, possibly from season five in general, if I'm being honest. Just so good. So fucking good. Yes, it is so, so good. And this is a, a episode that kind of reminds me of the breakup in one way or another, where every single song is incredibly good and I could easily just sit here and put all four of them up as my favorite song um, all four songs Marry the Night Applause Wide Awake and Roar I would give a 10 out of 10 because of uh, what they did with them uh, Roar in general I agree with you it's not a song that I was like super high on and still to this day like I think I would take the Glee cover of Roar over the Katy Perry cover uh, all the time because at least the Glee cover had a bunch of different voices in it and I can picture the really fun performance that they had with it. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably not going to listen to that song uh, much at all in my life. But 
Uh, with that said, that all songs are like a 10 out of 10, and I could easily move any of these around. I'm just going to double it up with both Applause and Wide Awake as my like favorites of this episode, just because uh, as much as Wide Awake is probably the number one, I can't just not give Applause something here as well. Like That whole performance that they do with the costumes and the makeup and uh, the way that they come out there and just absolutely give us that creepy, fantasy, gaga, like art pop, like beautiful magic that they put up on that stage uh and ignore marley i don't even care that marley is there trying to bring it all down it just works out really well uh i don't even think i mentioned but like kevin McHale, uh you know you can tell that that costume was really not his favorite to be uh, car- uh wheeling around all day with that big giant inflatable behind him uh in the same way that tina talks about her costume from the original theatricality episode of having to sit around in the bubbles all day uh already in the same way or kevin McHale has talked about how awful it was to be rehearsing and filming in this giant thing attached to the wheels because he makes a comment in the episode saying yeah this thing keeps getting caught on the wheels but like that was like a real thing that like it was genuinely like annoying the crap out of him uh but that's uh that was part of the look and and they went with it so uh i have to give uh props to both of those songs it was just a perfect episode of music yeah it was great i would have liked more but what we did get was great all right slushy ratings I will give this 0.5 slushies. I don't really have a problem with the storytelling of this episode. I mean, I tend to agree with you. I think the whole Penny Sam thing is sort of annoying. I'm not really that invested in it, but fine. Um, I think my biggest gripe is just the, it's not enough music for me. I really, if you're going to give me a Katie and a Gaga Glee episode, I want you to give me more. Um, and they didn't give me enough. So that's going to make it lose some points for me. So 0.5. Yeah, um, I spent this whole episode really thinking and hoping that I could eventually pull out a zero slushy for this episode because I really felt like I could pop, you know, talk myself into getting there. And as it went on, um, things, that especially at the end, I thought were a lot of fun. Uh, the performances alone are, you know, a zero slushy, uh, whatever. Um, but putting it all together with the stories that go along with it, the, the Penny and Sam stuff, and then everything that's happening in New York is like a little bit more of just setting things up rather than, you know, actually telling a story. It's, you know, getting the auditions taken care of and kind of moving things along there, getting Rachel in the band. It's all just a little bit too, like, like I said, set up. Uh, rather than actual story and that kind of prevents me from saying yeah this is a zero slushy perfect episode as much as I really would have loved to so I think I'm going to ultimately land at uh, also a half slushy so that uh, lines up with what you said and uh, that's fair enough I really but I really do uh, love coming back to this episode specifically for you know those all four of those performances they're really good yeah, because didn't the promo material for this episode, there was like a poster going around. It was like Leah Michelle and Naya Rivera on the poster. And I think Leah was dressed up as Katie and Naya was dressed up as Gaga. And I was like, oh, my God, this is about to be like the most epic episode. And it was like, ah, it was OK. Like, <laughs> I just wanted more. <laughs> but yeah, it's still a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Gold star. All right. Well, it can't be Jake because he's a cheater. So over in New York, I think we have uh, like not many options. I mean, Santana, quiet, Rachel, quiet, Kurt, annoying in this episode, uh, Star Child coming through and I know being like a shining star, uh, pardon the pun there, I guess would be the only option for me from New York. And then back in uh, Ohio, we have both of those killer performances from the New Directions. Uh, we have 
I guess you could, uh, you know, kind of highlight Sam, who did a really good job putting the applause number together and then eventually getting the girl that he was trying to uh, to court. And then uh, over in the Katy Perry number, you know, all three of the girls there, Kitty, Tina and Unique, were kind of working equally. Nobody really stood out from that. Uh, and like you said, Jake is not going to get the star. Marley's not going to get the star. So it's one of those, uh, I guess, weaker episodes of like legitimate candidates. Yeah. I mean, I could still give it to Kurt because, like, I mean, I think he was wrong initially for what he did to It's a Star Child, but I understand him still. Like, I understand the motivations. I get, like, where he was coming from about, you know, tired of being on the outs. Like, I want to be, I want to be widely accepted. Like, I'm tired of having to, like, fight for, like, a spot. And he does learn his lesson, but it it is sort of lukewarm. Like, I'm not, like, excited to give him the star. I could just give it to Star Child. I mean, his name his name has Star in it, and I do like giving it to guest stars on their first episode. I'm uh, I'm also considering Brie. I feel like there aren't going to be a million Brie opportunities for a gold star, and when you have an episode that's not the most, you know, Brie. I mean, not the most like obvious choices. I could see myself being persuaded that way, but uh, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know. I think. I'm also heavily considering Sam at this point. Yeah, Sam did do a lot this episode. Yeah, I'm giving it to Sam. I mean, I think we can all sympathize with, like, you know, there's somebody that you really like, and they seem to be interested in these things, so you try and be interested in them as well, and you want to impress them. And then you finally realize, like, look, if you just be yourself, you're probably going to be able to catch a lot more people that way. So, And, like, I mean, I just, I mean, Sam is... He's a sweet guy underneath all that bullshit. And he just wants, he just wanted to impress this girl that he's really, really into. And I think that that's, you know, I think that that's a rootable. So gold star for Sam. Oh, man. I, uh, we're on four episodes now that we've both given out the same gold star. And I hate that. Uh, I like to be a little different. But I, uh, I, I thought back to earlier in the episode. And aside from Sam really helping to bring to light a uh, incredibly fun performance of uh, Gaga's applause, he also had me with the True Jackson VP of it all. So I can't not give it to Sam. I think he's my uh, best option on the board here. But we really got to start splitting these up eventually. We uh, doubled up on Blaine, on Tina in the last episode episode on Finn and uh, Sam here as well. But we need more dynamic stories for us to, to want to do that. I know. I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, so Sam makes sense uh, for the, for some gold stars here as we get going in uh, an era of the show that is really Sam-centric. So not surprised mm-hmm. to see him getting, uh, getting up there. Yep, yep, yep. All right. I believe that's going to wrap up today's episode of The Choir Room. Make sure that you are following us at Quiet Room Pod on Twitter. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Amon Atwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. Leave us star ratings and reviews, please, wherever you get your podcasts. We will read them aloud on the show. Do we have any for today? We do not. I will uh, I will hope that we do, and uh, we'll get some going soon. But otherwise, uh, it's been a little quiet on that front. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for uh, checking all this stuff out and uh, coming along this journey with us. We are uh, excited to continue, of course. So uh, we will catch you in uh, episode five with some twerking. I'm not twerking, but yes. they are. Twerk, 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 twerk. Yeah, and we know that of quite a few of you are fans of Big Brother as well. So we hope that you guys are enjoying the season. And we hope that you guys are still finding some time in your live feed watching to to listen to us. So if you are listening to us still, we thank you. 
And even if you're not, we'll be here for you when you're ready. All right. Till next time, we'll see you guys at Nationals. Peace.